It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again for No Not the Curtain Call. We've officially made it to uh, actual football, and with it, the return of Know Your Enemy. I'm not joined by Jeffrey Benedict tonight, who is on vacation, but uh, I have a very special co-host. That is, of course, Tate from the Know-It-Alls podcast. Uh, Tate joined uh, Brian Anthony Davis. I believe it was the Tales from 2 a.m. podcast uh, a couple days ago. So welcome back to Behind the Steel Curtain, Tate, and uh, how are you doing tonight? Hey, thanks, Michael. I'm doing well, man. I mean, I love watching you and Jeffrey every Wednesday, the curtain call. And before that, you know, when the season was in, know your enemy. So, you know, I'm ready just to talk some football, some Steelers, Cowboys, and whatever else we might discuss, man. <laughs> love it. And I appreciate you uh, checking out the show before. Uh, once again, uh, for those who don't know who I am, of course, my name is Michael Beck, deputy editor behind SteelCurtain.com. We're breaking down all things Pittsburgh Steelers versus Dallas Cowboys preseason week one. I guess preseason week zero, technically, for the Hall of Fame game. But, Tate, we made it through the offseason. How excited are you to have actual live football back on the TV starting tomorrow, Thursday? Man, I'm just I'm, – I'm ready. I'm so ready for it, man. I mean, the, the way we went out last year against the Browns in that first playoff game, or I think – even though we hit that losing streak at the end of the year and we were one out of our, one of our last four games, I mean, lost four out of our last five games, is what I meant to say. Um, you know, I had high expectations for the playoffs and for my football to just be zapped away so quick and so unexpectedly. This has been long time from January to August. And now we've, and then last year we didn't even have a preseason, kind of like all over the place. So 
just getting back to the to the structure of a of a real NFL season and us having the extra uh preseason game this year and getting to see I'm anxious to see Najee, even if it's for just one series or and Dwayne Haskins and and James Pierre. And so a lot of these guys that are that, that have been making the name in camp, it sounds like so far. I'm anxious to see him on the gridiron. Yeah, you know what? When you mentioned uh, that that playoff loss, I think that has kind of drugged this playoff or this off season out longer to me. It, it just seems like every day is taking a little bit, a little bit more, a couple more minutes. It feels like added on at the end of every day, just uh, kind of stewing on that terrible defeat. But uh, football's finally back in a shot of redemption for the Steelers. Of course, the Hall of Fame game, you don't get your Ben Roethlisberger's, T.J. Watt. I'd be certainly surprised if you partook. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, of course. What are you most excited for, even though the big names aren't participating? What are you looking forward to the most when uh, the game kicks off Thursday night? Well, I think, I think you know, we're, we're hardcore football fans. We've been watching this and doing this for a long time, preseason and all those things. So, so we know the big names aren't going to play. We may see those guys for two quarters in the in the third preseason game, you know, but like I mean, I think I think we just have so many the new system, the new offensive line, you know, the Matt Canada's play calling, even though it'll probably be very vanilla in the preseason. We'll get some idea of what of what it's going to be like, you know, being under center, you know, pro- ho- hopefully the majority of the time and handing the ball off at least 50% of the time, we hope. You know, I mean, get some good balance going so and you know, I'm 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 anxious to see Antoine Brooks. I I I think he'll I think I think he could be a good potential replacement for Mike Hilton. I mean, I know I know Mullet is a savvy veteran. He's more of the cover guy. And if Sutton had to go to the inside, he'd be more of a cover guy too. But I think I think Brooks just brings that size and that physicality and tenacity to that position that I think you know Pittsburgh is used to from that spot. Yeah, I think for me, what I'm looking forward to the most is basically how infrequent we've seen the back half of the 2020 draft guys, like the Carlos Davises, really Anthony McFarland. Uh, It wasn't a big draft class, but because of no preseason last year, we didn't get to watch these guys. So now, like Antoine Brooks, like you also stated, like we're actually going to see these guys on the field in a bigger role than really we've ever seen them. So I'm interested to see what those guys can do. And of course, uh, all, all the new acquisitions that uh, found their way onto the team this year. But with it, there's a ton of pretty exciting uh, position battles, uh, depth chart uh, battles going on here in training camp. Of course, uh, all the quarterbacks kind of vying for that number two spot. And then the number three spot, the Steelers aren't carrying four guys. That's just yeah. a, basically a, a wasted roster spot at that point. Which one of these position battles are you kind of looking forward to the most? And do you think it could be settled in these preseason games? I think I think the easiest one to say would be quarterback, but I'll stay away from the the obvious one. So I think I think the position battle that I'm looking for is, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure the mid, the middle linebacker, like like who who, who are going are we going to keep five guys? Or are we just going to keep four? It depends I mean, on the outside linebackers, I'd say. I know Jameer right. Jones is having a nice little camp for himself, but uh, it, it really depends. I think typically they carry nine total when it comes to outside and inside linebackers. It depends which way the the five shifts. So, it usually goes back and forth. So if I'm if 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 I'm thinking about that, I mean, and I don't I don't I don't know how it'll shake out, but I'm thinking Cash's marshes may be gone. I mean, because I think. 
I think uh, number number twenty seven, Marcus Allen, Marcus Allen, and and UG three, and with the drafting Buddy Johnson, I think those guys bring so much versatility, you know, for special teams and you know just just dime dime, dime heavy dime packages and things like that. I think they offer a lot of versatility, and I think we I think Roche can be good. He's still young, but I think I think I think he should already surpass Marshall on the death chart as now. So if we have four strong edge rushers, three super strong edge rushers, and and one that's talented but still young and needs to be groomed, and he'll be in a room with a lot of great guys. You know, if he just gets some of the work ethic from TJ and 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 Alex Highsmith, man, we'll we'll be on to something. So if we keep nine backers, I have to think maybe Marsh is the odd man out right now. Yeah, I, I can totally get on board with that too. And one of the big factors when it comes to those rounding out uh, of the depth charts is going to be special teams, especially from the outside linebacker room. We know Melvin Ingram, he's not going to play special teams. TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith, they're just playing on defense. Maybe you see one of those guys, I, I'd probably lean towards Alex Highsmith because he's the young guy, maybe playing one unit, maybe. Right. Uh, that four spot, I, if they're only carrying four outside linebackers, I could see them siding with the guy that uh, shows a little bit more uh, prowess when it comes to that, that side of the game, which makes things a little more interesting. We'll see how that goes over time, but whoever it is needs to have that uh, special teams downfield coverage ability because they the guys at the top, they're not going to ask them to play those spots, getting tired and kind of taking away from the defense. So that's kind of what I'm looking right. at from that side of things. But for me, I'll jump on the, the easy uh, position battle that I'm obviously excited for. Mason Rudolph, Dwayne Haskins, that's kind of the premier one. We know Josh Dobbs is there as well. Hey, I'd be surprised if he made the team at this point, uh, just based on the situations. But Haskins versus Rudolph is going to be fun. Uh, I anticipate as we go through preseason, uh, probably by the fourth game, it, Ben might get a series, but uh, probably like 50 50 snap. You don't, counts. you don't, you don't, you don't think, you don't think Dobbs has said slightly some favor just because he's Ben's boy. I, I would have <laughs> said yes before uh, how well it sounds like Haskins has been performing at training right, camp. Right. Uh, right. His intangibles, I, I, th- I think, will kind of outweigh that. I know they're still allowing the veteran uh, practice squad rule. So I, players, I, yeah. I, I guess Dobbs could squeeze in and still kind of just be like the guy that's not in pads on the sideline that Ben could talk to. I could see that. That right. makes more sense than them carrying Dobbs and cutting a Haskins or Rudolph. I think that's the direction that would be the most likely if, if four were to I make the team. Right. But um, I, I have a hard time seeing uh, Mason Rudolph getting supplanted, but it'll be interesting when they when they shift between games, when the guys kind of get the, the number ones. Obviously, Mason Rudolph starting the Hall of Fame game. He'll get the better talent around him. I think game two, you'll see uh, Dwayne Haskins with the, the better talent and then kind of going back and forth, right? Uh, figuring out who number two will be. But my question to you here is what does Dwayne Haskins have to prove to become that number two quarterback? Because of course it's just the preseason and Mason Rudolph has a ton more experience in that locker room. Well I'm a you know to uh for full disclosure I'm a I'm an Ohio State fan. So I followed Dwayne Haskins when he was when he was at Ohio State. You know he he came in in he, he's, he can be really good in big games. He came in the year before he played his one year against Michigan. JT Barrett got hurt, and he came in and let him on a drive and let him on a touchdown drive to help them win that game. But I think 
I think it's just a matter of, of, of maturity. I don't even think it's on the field. I mean, I know he needs to clean up his footwork and maybe, you know, study more, read defenses. But I think being out there, being from, I'm, I'm in, I'm in the DC metropolitan area myself, being from this area and playing for the, the Washington football team, going to that team and being home, you know, it, it got probably was a lot of things pulling on him, a lot of things that that doesn't necessarily help maturity. You know what I mean? I mean, for some people, it, it, it may not it may not affect it at all. But you know, if you get you get home and get around some of your old friends and some of the old things you used to do, you know, I think I think just being in a, in a more structured environment, and he and Coach Tomlin seems to have a have a a, a good relationship starting out already. And I watched his press conference yesterday, and I thought. He he sound he sounded more mature than he had previously in the past. Like I was I was really I was really impressed by where where he's at thus far off the field. Yeah, that, that obviously that's a huge factor for him. What a win would it be for the Steelers if they could find their next great quarterback wow, <laughs> from a guy man. off the street that cost nine hundred k or yeah nine hundred k this right. year, and then he's a re- restricted free agent, so he's going to cost nothing next year too. That would be huge uh, and what a way to transition the team i think that's yeah, what man, you kind of got to hope for i'm completely hoping for that just like you said i mean he's a he's a first round talent i told bad the other day on tells from 2am you you don't you don't throw 50 touchdowns in the big 10 and not be a top talent you know though you know the only other the only other guy to ever throw 50 touchdowns in the big 10 his name is drew Brees. so i'm not saying Dwayne has is drew Brees. I'm just saying you got to be that good to throw that many touchdowns in the Big Ten. Yeah, no, and you're you're spot on with that. I, I think him landing in Washington and just being around the, the vices of his uh, his environment, I think that was probably uh, the, the worst spot for him. So maybe he could uh, actually develop and turn out to be that first-round pick that so many saw from him. Hopefully he can do that for the Steelers. That would be so, <laughs> so sweet. But uh, yes. an, another position battle that has uh, obviously gotten a, a lot of talk, and it's, it's a starting spot, is that nickel corner position. As, as of right now, we really haven't heard much from the undrafted guys that the Steelers, of course, uh, spent a lot of money on when it comes to Shakur Brown and what Lamont Wade. They signed a ton and, of DBs. And Butler. And Butler, right? E- exactly. Um, really kind of the names we're hearing a lot right now. Um uh, not even Arthur Mallette. It seems like Antoine Brooks is kind of the, the favorite. And then at some points you kind of hear James Pierce playing outside and then uh, Cam Sutton's bumping into that nickel role, kind of like what they did uh, with, uh, uh, I'm forgetting his name, uh, Antoine Blake. I, I believe it was Valentino yeah, Blake and yeah. uh, William Gay back in 2016, I want to say. That, right. that, that, that's what they've done in the past. Uh, do, you, do you have favor one guy in this competition here to kind of uh, well, take that job, or is there someone you want to uh, win that uh, battle? I understand how, 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 it, how it'll pan out, I think. If, if, if Justin Lane, not Justin Lane, if James Pierre is playing really, really well on the outside, then they'll kick Sutton down to the, to the nickel spot because that'll just – That'll just make him stronger, especially in coverage, you know. But if if Sutton can hold off Pierre on the outside, then I'd like to see. I'd, I'd personally like to see, like I said a few minutes ago, Brooks in on that inside nickel spot, just because of the physicality he brings, the run support, the blitzing. I mean, I watched him. I watched him play at Maryland, like I said, because I live out here, and dude, dude, dude is a thumper. 
from that from that position. He seems like he's in good shape. He said in one of his press conferences a few days ago that he's lost about 12 pounds. So, you know, he's he's moving really fluidly and fast. And, you know, I think I think he can potentially probably cover tight ends and backs out the backfield. But it all comes down to what happens on the outside between Pierre and Sutton to determine what happens on the inside. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly what we're going to see. But I guess what is nice, if there is an injury at corner, I, I think I think we at least have another guy that can play outside in James Pierre. Uh, and then we do have someone who can play nickel if that's what the situation uh, kind of uh, unravels here right? with so, Antoine Brooks being a guy who can play safety in. So who, 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 do you, who do you think makes the secondary room? When it comes to uh, the, the rounding out the depth chart, of course we'll, we'll have Hayden and uh, Sutton at at uh, at the top there. Uh, I think Antoine Brooks will slide in more as a strong safety uh, by uh, by name, but he'll play that nickel corner spot like the Steelers have kind of done in the past. Okay. Like that's what Mike Hilton did, but he was listed as a corner. Um, when it comes to rounding out the depth chart, I still think Justin Lane makes the team, but I think this is probably probably ends up being his last year unless he can show something different. Uh, James Pierre will be another guy. And I think Arthur Mollette will make it as well. Also someone that might be uh, someone who plays that kind of inside spot and then bounces back to perhaps free safety to kind of give uh, Minkus some support. And Troy Norwood is another name I'd watch for. He, he seems like he's having a nice little camp for himself as well. Uh, I haven't heard anything really negative about uh, the Oklahoma guy, but uh, I've, I've read some, some decently positive things uh, through his performances this far. But what about... What about Shakur Brown? I mean, I know I, I know we paid him a nice un, un, unsigned free agent contract. I mean, do, do, you, do you think he doesn't make the squad? I mean, it's still early, I know, but yeah, he was, it, he, they, they he, was he was really good at Michigan State. He was. Uh, what makes this kind of challenging? Of course, he got the biggest signing bonus. It, I don't think anyone ever found anything different. The biggest signing bonus for an undrafted player ever for Pittsburgh Steeler. So that, that that is significant, but right. I have not heard his name once at camp. Uh, he he, yeah, he seems like a guy that's kind of disappeared, although he's kind of had that status. But at the end of the day, he's still an undrafted player, and undrafted players more likely than not, more like ninety percent of the time, aren't making the team. Um, so it, uh, I'm forgetting the guy's name. I want to say it was Locke was his last name. He was a safety out of Texas. I want to say two years ago, he was the, the flashy kind of, uh, undrafted signing for the Steelers. Same right. situation. Was didn't it? make the team. Okay. I remember so I, yeah. I, I, I think it's going to be something along those lines again. Uh, just, just because we haven't heard from him, we're definitely going to need to see this, this kid play in the preseason, but uh, I don't Great. have very high hopes on him uh, kind of uh, stepping into the lineup right now, especially with how everyone else is kind of performing. But but speaking of rookies here, I'm curious your thoughts on, on rookies in general uh, when it comes to the top end of the draft and then kind of the back end, so kind of separate the two. How much should rookies actually play in the preseason? And we'll say we'll start with Najee Harris for our youth and Kendra Green kind of being that those guys that should be starters technically, and then we'll kind of get into the, the back half after. But if, from the guys mm, through rounds one through three versus the, the kind of back half, how much should those those high end guys play? That's a rough one, Michael. Um, because because you don't want to risk injury, but those guys have to get reps because they never had professional reps before. So exactly. it's there's there's kind of a fine line you have to walk. I mean, I I feel like I feel like Kendrick Green probably 
probably gets more time than than the other two, than Najee and, and Frymuth. Um, but just be, just because of the potent but position he plays, and because of the of the kind of rapport he has to build with those with those other people playing with him, you know, I mean, you you can be a running back and you do have to rapport with your offensive line and and the quarterbacks cadence and all that stuff like that. But it's different than the offensive line. So I, I see if I'm ranking them, I know I know Frymuth was dealing was dealing with a, a shoulder injury, I think, past day or two. So I don't even know. Is he going to play tomorrow? Do you know? I haven't heard any reports on it, but it seems like it wasn't it wasn't a big deal uh, from Frymuth. Okay. He, la- he landed on his left shoulder. His right shoulder he had surgery on last season. So thankfully it's not the same side. But uh, it seemed like he was pretty uh, loosey-goosey on the sideline when he was talking to the doctors. But uh, it, just out of precautions, we know we know the grass at uh, that Canton Stadium is not very good. Players yeah. have gotten injured there before. They've canceled games there before. So I, I, I think in that sense, uh, I, I try to hold someone out if they are battling anything. And I really, when, when it comes to this question as well, uh, I know Mike Tallman kind of got a little bit of heat online because he said Najee Harris is going to play in every preseason game. But uh, I, I wouldn't want to put my star running back on the field too much just because that position translates so well so, from college to the NFL. Yeah, I agree with, I agree with you there. So like I said, I, I rank Kendrick Green first. Probably Fryer moves second. He'll probably get he'll probably get a quarter's worth of worth of reps, and I think Najee may get one series. If it if it's three and out, he may get two. But I yeah. think that's about it. Uh, I I think that's the ideal situation, especially with how many running backs are on the roster. So I guess that's kind of what you hope for. Benny Snell's been hurt as well, and then uh, they signed uh, what Tony Brooks James, uh, I believe his name is. So there is a, another running back on the roster as well. That kind of complicates things a little bit, but uh, I, I don't really anticipate Najee Harris playing too much. So you think you think we'll see a lot of Kalen Balaj and yes, Balaj and McFarland. I, I think are going to get a, a bulk of the carries here. I know Trey Edmonds is still on the roster, but I, I think we already know what we have in him in this right. point. But uh, I think those two will feature a lot, being McFarland Balaj. Uh, after that, I think uh, the new guy Brooks James will will play probably the fourth quarter. That kind of garbage time. Because uh, he, he did play for the Steelers last year as well. Don't you feel like Jalen Samuels has to has to needs to prove himself this year? He does. I I, I bet he gets a quarter. Um, but uh, for me, when it comes to rounding out this running back depth chart, He's I just <laughs> can't see Samuels making the team. I, yeah. the, the way it um, is unfolding. I, I know he's played like the, an H back type role in Matt Canna's system in college. Ah, it, just his production has completely fallen off since his rookie year. I, I have a hard time seeing uh, Samuels make it this year. I had a hard time seeing him make it last year, but he still did. I agree. Yeah. This year, they add Balage. Of course, Najee Harris is there. I, I just can't see I Samuels. Thought, I thought, was it last year or was it the year before? I thought we would have kept Kareth White. I liked Kareth White better than Jalen Samuels at that, that time when he was with us. Yeah, I don't even know if Kareth White is on the team anymore, but he he showed some explosiveness uh, right. when he when he signed to the team. I believe when James Conner was battling some injury, uh, I believe he was a draft pick of the Bears as well. But yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't think he's doing anything these days. But uh, it'll be it'll be something to kind of look for. Um, that running so back think, after how it rounds out. You think we keep in three or four three or four running backs? They carried four last year. I, I, the way the kind of receivers depth chart is kind of rounding out right now, it seems like there's a, a lot of big competition going on there. I think they'd rather kind of hold a, a spot 
an extra spot, a six wide receiver, then four running backs. Just because mm-hmm. Najee Harris, of course, he's going to touch. He's going to be the guy ninety five percent of the snaps. Uh, perhaps right. Snell or uh, Balage kind of being the number two guy, uh, kind of interchangeable. I think that's the competition. And then number three being McFarland, who's kind of the change of pace guy. I, I just don't really see anyone past that. I think Derek Watt will be the the one fullback. But right. uh, okay. outside of that, I, I just don't see them keeping an extra uh, running back when they could hold on to perhaps another DB or wide receiver. I, I think so, those rooms could use the extra body. So, so who, who do you think is pushing is pushing Ray Ray McLeod for that fifth receiver spot and potentially a sixth spot? Well, you, you hear Rico Busey's name a lot. He's ha- Busey, having a nice yeah. little uh, camp for himself. Um, uh, defensively, uh, Denmark, Stephen Denmark's uh, also putting together. A I like him. Little, uh, he, he's a big corner. I like him because of his size. Yeah. So it, it, I, th- I think it comes down to, to those two guys. If they if they can if they can earn a spot and be that guy, heck, if they can be a better receiver. But obviously, you want Ray Ray McLeod to be on the field to be your kick return or punt return guy. If they can prove to be a better receiver than him, though, I, I have no problem with Ray Ray being number six and then having a, a guy like Busey as your number five. That right. uh, steps on the field and, and catches some passes. So, uh, of course, uh, some names in live chat there. Matthew Sexton's another guy that's uh, uh, done pretty well for himself. We've seen that name a few times. Uh, so it, it's going to be it's going to be a fun little competition. I'm excited to see uh, how that rounds out, especially through the entirety of uh, the preseason here. But right on on the topic of the preseason itself. In your opinion, I, I know this. I believe this was an article that ran on uh, Behind the Steel Curtain today. But does winning in the preseason matter to you? Doesn't matter at all. I'm looking. It's like, it's like the the season is a war, and the preseason is just one of the battles that don't matter. I mean, you you, you just you just want to see your guys get in, get some work, do what they're supposed to do, and not get hurt. The score through the game doesn't matter. Now there are there are. Uh, game game situations that matter that like if it's a two minute drill you want to see points put on the board not because not because you care about the score but just because in a two minute drill you want to see your team be able to execute and drive down the field so you know so it it, it, it doesn't matter to me as much of course we're all fans we we want to see our team win but at the end of the day it really has little or no effect on what's going ha- going to happen going forward. Yeah, no, I I agree with you on that. I think developing a winning culture is important, but the the two times teams went 0-16, uh, they both went undefeated in the preseason, of course, right. being the, the Lions and the Browns. So uh, maybe it's bad luck winning all your preseason games, but uh, we do have a super chat here, and I'll get your opinion on this first, Tate. From BSG74, he puts four ninety nine in the tip jar, so thank you for that, BSG. Uh, and he asks, how would you balance playing time for starters, regular starters, during the preseason versus having Rusty play at the start of the regular season? Uh, Tate, I, I'm curious uh, your thoughts on that. Well, that's, that's a good question, too. I mean, because, again, there is there is that balance, you know. I mean, you don't want to risk injury, but guys have to knock the rust off. I think I think the best-case situation to me is, is guys play – and this this year, since we have four games, the Hall of Fame game and three more, guys play a, play a, a little bit, start out maybe for for a few series in the second game, and then play a half in the third game, the first half, and that's about it. You get like three quarters of live action to work against another team. Outside of that, all you all your work and all your reps is coming from practice, and you know 
Mike Tomlin and the Steelers had a philosophy of iron, iron sharpening iron. I mean, we have a top five defense that our offense get to, gets to practice against. There can't be probably not too many better foes to go against. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. I'd say the big names, like the guys you know are going to perform, I would I would limit them to three to- total quarters, uh, mm-hmm. a half of the last preseason game and probably a quarter of the, of the second last one. Uh, for me, those guys would be – I want to lump Najee Harris in this, but since he's a rookie, I'd still get him to play a little bit more. But I'd say Big Ben, uh, I, I don't think Juju needs the extra time. Uh, I'd say everyone on the old line needs to play. So that's pre- pretty much it for the offense. But defensively, say Hayward and Tua, even Tyson Alualu, I'd lump in there because he's played for what, 12 years now? Right, right. Uh, right. Joe Hayden. Uh, Devin Bush, because he's coming back from injury. I, I like I, if, if he never tore his ACL, I think I'd lump him into that group anyway because of how talented he is. And then uh, Minka Fitzpatrick. I'd say everyone else, I, I'd want to try to polish him up as much as I possibly could. But uh, the the bigger names, the guys you know are going to perform, I just try to limit that uh, chance of injury. I totally missed T.J. Watt, which uh, big mistake there. Right, T.J. Uh, Watt. I'd, I'd play Alex Highsmith a little bit more just because he's so young. And Melvin Ingram, I you know what you're getting out of Melvin Ingram, so I, I would try to limit him a little bit as well, especially because he's battled some injury concerns in the past. Uh, so those are the names that probably limit to uh, three total quarters. Uh, outside of that, I would say it's a pretty much full go. Uh, although I wouldn't have, I wouldn't play any of your special teamers in the Hall of Fame game that you anticipate to to make this team because mm-hmm. of the history of guys hurting themselves on the field, namely kickers, especially the Steelers. For whatever right. reason, that kind of started the whole thing with uh, uh, Sean Sweezum. I, I believe he tore his ACL, uh, and then uh, Garrett Hartley, who signed and then got injured the week after, eventually uh, leading to the uh, the trade for uh, Josh Scobie. Uh, everyone's favorite I kicker remember, uh, yeah. in Steelers that was history, like, but that eventually was like 16, it led us to, 16 yeah, maybe I don't remember somewhere. Yeah, I think it was just before the 2017 season. It was 15 or 16, but uh, all, of course that led us to Chris Boswell. But I don't want Chris Boswell getting hurt on, on the whole yeah, game. Yeah, well, we, we we I forgot the guy's name. We picked up a kicker just to kick in campus stuff, didn't we? I, Sam Sloman, uh, formerly Sloman, of the yeah. Los Angeles Rams. Okay. And that, that that's another interesting battle, not not with Boswell, Bos is the man, but with with Barry and Press Press Presley Harvin. I'm looking forward to seeing that one too. I mean, can can Presley Harvin knock Barry out? We thought we got rid of Barry last year. He's back. <laughs> <laughs> he, snakes, he, he snakes his way back in, like uh, Jeff Hartman, uh, senior editor of Bond and Steel Curtain, always says. He always finds his way back. He's like a cockroach that just will not go away. Right, right. So right. Uh, I think this might finally be the year that uh, we see uh, that brand-new punter for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, it's taken a while, but I think we finally got there, of course, knock on wood. There's still a couple you, weeks to yeah. go, but uh, yeah, I, I, you, I have you, uh, a lot of confidence in this kid. You would think that have to be have, has to be the case since they used the draft pick on a punter. I mean, you you think Harvin would get every consideration. Now, they won't just give it to him, but because they drafted him, if they're, if, if they're ranked 1A and 1B, Harvin's probably 1A right now. I would agree with that. My thoughts behind um, the, uh, the the punter battle, it, it's kind of interesting. Like I, I would say if it's 50-50, if they're completely down the middle even, I still go with Harvin because you know Jordan Berry tends to flop when the weather gets cold. Mm-hmm. You don't know. Uh, you, that's kind of an unknown with Presley Harvin the third And Presley Harvin, in, in years past in college, has had a better average. 
a better punting average. So those those numbers would suggest, and like Jordan Berry kind of collapsing late in the year, I would give the shot to the younger kid. It's just time. The Steelers need good punting, and it, it, it's been bad for far too long, and it's been bad in, in crucial moments right. for too long. I, I believe it was a Dallas Cowboys game in 2017 or 2016 it was. Uh, Jordan Berry just the ball hits the side of his foot, 10-yard net punt. Dallas wins the game. You know, that's, it's that's, just that's, that's that that's the game. Zeke Elliott took the screen pass and went like 85 yards on us. Yeah, right and, at the end there. Right at the end, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so it's about time for the Pittsburgh Steelers to uh, have some good uh, punting. But as uh, I look at the clock here, we are at uh, our our halfway point. Tate, before we let you go, is there anything you want to plug for the people? Uh, no, nothing at all, man. Just I mean, uh, we we have we have this this new know-it-alls podcast where we talk about a, a multitude of different sports and things like that. So, you know, just check it out. It's on YouTube, know-it-all podcast, Facebook, the know-it-all podcast group. Join and just check us out. Awesome. Great stuff. Uh, no, there's a ton of great interviews on, on your platform as well. Uh, and uh, straight from uh, the horse's mouth, Brian Anthony Davis, who will we'll try to get to Tate more involved in the rotation here. As uh, the weeks kind of go on, of course, uh, a great Steelers mind. We're always looking for those. So, uh, Tate, thank you so much for uh, hopping on with me tonight. Thanks, man. All righty. So, everyone that's listening on uh, Facebook and YouTube right now, just stay put. We'll switch over to part two. If you're on the podcast platform side, uh, just hang out for uh, – or just click over to part two now. You'll be able to catch uh, the second half of Know Your Enemy right now. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver I kind of like the high five but if you want to hone in on those winning moves check out Chumba Casino at ChumbaCasino.com choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes there are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses so don't wait start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com no purchase necessary VTW void or prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus it's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.